Hello, and welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. How are you guys feeling today? It's, it's, it's kind of near the end of 2017. Uh, maybe for you it's been a great year. Maybe it's been so-so. Maybe it's been discouraging. Maybe kind of a mix for most people it is. I, I like the illustration that says, you know, life is like uh, you're like a train and there's always two rails under the train, the good stuff and the bad stuff, so there's always kind of a mix. Um, I went for a brief hike yesterday in Garland Park, and as I walked over the bridge and looked down, there were three blonde Labradors frolicking in the river water over a ball. It was, you know, their body language just exuded this joy and enthusiasm. Just watching them was encouraging. Now, I have this picture on my desk. Um, this is Naboo. He's Megan Mayer's dog. He's frolicking in the surf. Megan's our director of, of women's ministries. And she gave me the picture. We'd been talking about, you know, dog people and cat people. And, you know, um, Megan included the caption with this. No cat would do this. I find dogs so encouraging. Um, you know, they're happy to see you if it's your dog. Uh, their whole body wags. It communicates encouragement and joy that you are important. So dogs encourage us when we're discouraged. Now, the Christmas story in the Gospels is one of discouragement being overcome by encouragement. And today, we're going to look at how that worked in the lives of Joseph and Mary and kind of see some principles that might encourage us and also help us to encourage other people. Now, in the Christmas narrative in the Bible, who do you imagine was the person who was probably at some point the most discouraged? I think it was Joseph. You ever tried to put yourself in Joseph's place? And I was talking to someone between services who actually comes from another country, from an honor-based society, and we just don't get it. That, you know, when word got out that Mary was pregnant out of wedlock, there would have been extreme pressure on Joseph not to marry her, perhaps to punish her. Stoning could be an option. Pressure from Joseph's family would have felt it was a terrible insult. Uh, pressure from his friends and coworkers. Now, Joseph worked in construction. How many of you have worked in construction? You can just nod. It's okay. You don't have to put your hand. I, I worked in construction for a couple years after college. I was what we call an assistant project engineer. And so I would go to all these different job sites, and I'd walk around with the foreman and talk to people. And you, you, um, there's a lot of profanity. It's not really a whole lot of gentle words. Um, and probably each construction worker had some choice comments for Joseph about Mary and what he should do and what she deserved for betraying and humiliating him. Stoning was probably mentioned. Some probably offered to throw the first stone. What was Joseph to do? Do you realize the experts now say there have probably been born over 100 billion human beings in the history of the world? How many of those, how many of those were conceived by the Holy Spirit? One. So if Mary had come to Joseph and said, oh no, this is the Holy Spirit. If you were Joseph, would you have believed her? So his hopes for marriage had been dashed. He probably was disappointed, very discouraged, probably angry, feeling betrayed. You ever felt betrayed? It, it, can, it feels like a knife. Uh, so God sends an angel to speak to Joseph in a dream. The angel tells him that the Holy Spirit caused the pregnancy that this child, Jesus, will save his people from their sins and that he's to go ahead and marry Mary, which Joseph does. 
Now remember last Sunday, if you were here, when Gabriel said to Mary, for nothing will be impossible with God. And I asked you to think of someone you love who just kind of said, oh, it just almost seems impossible that they would ever become a follower of Jesus. In the last decade, we have received report after report, thousands of reports of Muslims having dreams about Jesus. Then they go and they seek out a Christian, find out all about Jesus, and turn their lives over to Jesus. It's been quite phenomenal. People that we would have thought almost impossible. So I just want to encourage you to ask God to give dreams or visions to the people in your life that you love that seem like it's almost impossible for them to become a follower of Jesus. God's fully capable of breaking through, and he wants you to experience the joy of being part of that through your prayers. So Joseph was probably, of all the people, characters, the most discouraged, and then an angel talked to him in a dream. How do you think he felt then? Well, he's probably, probably took the knife out. He's probably encouraged that Mary had not betrayed him um, and that he was, had been chosen to raise the Savior, the Son of God, but he still would have realized that it's going to be very difficult that um, he and Mary would probably be shamed and ridiculed, that instead of a, a wedding party because nobody would come, they'd just kind of quietly get married, that there'd be no physical intimacy for many months. But the angel has Im- encouraged him enough to give him the strength to do what God wants him to do, and, and that's what God does. That's what I believe God wants for you today. Enough encouragement, strength and commitment to do whatever it is that God's got you in right now, particularly those who may be, it's been more of a discouraging year for some. It's been a great year for others. Being encouraged does not mean it will all of a sudden become easy. That's why we need encouragement. But Joseph went from being deeply discouraged that his betrothed had betrayed him and cheated on him to having enough encouragement to take on a very difficult mission and play a key role in saving the world. Would you open a Bible or an app to Luke chapter 1. It's on page 856 in your pew Bible. We're going to look through a longer passage. We do a lot of longer passages during Advent. Um, very Many of us grew up with them, and it just tugs on our heartstrings. Um, we're going to start at verse 39, chapter 1 of Luke. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now, Pastor Luke preached a great sermon a couple of weeks ago and um, talked, you know, was the other baby was the idea, referring to the baby that Elizabeth is going to have, but also, if you missed it, referring to the fact that Luke and Lolly are going to have a baby too. Um, ooh, no, nobody missed it, okay. Um, <laughs> but Elizabeth is Mary's relative, perhaps a cousin. She was childless. She was old, past childbearing age, but she becomes pregnant miraculously, not by the Holy Spirit through her husband, but she was barren um, with John the Baptist, and the angel Gabriel had also appeared to her husband, Zechariah. The text says that Mary went with haste after being told by Gabriel she's going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now, why do you think she would go with haste? Well, since she went with haste, it's probably quite early in her pregnancy. There might not be any physical symptoms yet. It might be the first couple of weeks. Uh, it probably takes about a week for her to travel south from Nazareth down to the hill country of Judah where uh, Elizabeth lived. Uh, kind of a Roman roads were good and there was a lot of protection, but still, you know, for a young woman to do that, she's probably a teenager. That's kind of interesting. Um, why? Well, perhaps the primary thing that Mary needs is encouragement. Because becoming pregnant out of wedlock, 
is going to be difficult. And since Elizabeth is miraculously pregnant, she'll identify a bit with her, um, understand Mary's miracle, believe her, console her. Look at verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary's probably a teenager. She's probably pretty convinced that Joseph will not go through the marriage with her. Um, Joseph doesn't yet know that she's pregnant. That comes later when she's showing, uh, when she returns from this trip to Elizabeth. Mary trusts God, but is probably thinking she's going to be a single mother with an illegitimate child, uh, and it's going to be incredibly difficult if her family kicks her out of the house, which often happened. So she could use some encouragement, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, really comes through. Now, if you've turned your life over to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And at times, if you will cooperate with the Spirit, He will fill you with extra power and even give you things to say at just the right time to inspire people, to encourage them. And like Elizabeth, you can provide that kind of encouragement to people. It's a wonderful ministry. One of the important characteristics of our small groups is that they are intended to be a place where you're known, including confidential challenges, but where you're known and you're loved and you're encouraged. Uh, as I mentioned before, in January, those of you who aren't in a small group, we're going to be inviting you to, to participate. I hope you will be thinking and praying about that. Yeah, it takes time, but it's very worthwhile. We believe that's where the most transformation takes place in our fellowship. And also, just one quick parenthesis. Notice that Elizabeth, inspired by the Holy Spirit, clearly believes that the baby in Mary's womb is a human being, even though it's very, very early in the pregnancy. And for this and other reasons, the Christian church throughout the ages has always believed that abortion takes a human life. Elizabeth is excited to see Mary. She exclaims with a loud cry, and it's not like, woohoo, Mary's here! She praises Mary for her faith. We're going to go a little bit backwards on the verses here. Look at verse 45. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. She's praising Mary for her faith. Then back to 43. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She confirms that this baby is her Lord. Back to verse 42. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now, She's probably realizing this is going to be complicated for Mary. And yet she says that Mary is blessed. Now, what does this do for Mary? How does she respond? Look at verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She's rejoicing. She's encouraged. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Even though she faces a difficult situation, she's blessed. It's to her advantage that she has the privilege of being the mother of the Savior of the world. Now, has, has God called you to do difficult things and sacrifice? Of course. Has he given you difficult things that will end up, that they'll wind up blessing you? Yeah, he has. 
If you're a follower of Jesus, then he promises that everything, especially the painful and difficult things, will work for your good, for your blessing, to your advantage, even if you don't see it in this life. Some things we never will. Other things we will. God selected Mary. Now, now listen carefully. God selected Mary to experience shaming because she becomes pregnant out of wedlock, to miss out on that wedding she'd always wanted, for everybody to misunderstand, nobody to believe, you wouldn't have believed her. And we know that she's also going to see her son be crucified. Yet, she is among the most blessed people who have ever lived. How can that be true? What, how can that be true? Because that's how powerful our God is. That's what he does to turn the tables when evil is done. What's been done to you? What difficult thing is God asking you to get through with him? Verse 50, and his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away. He has sent empty away. Mary is among the most blessed people who've ever lived, even though she is dirt poor even compared to the people around her. She never tasted ice cream or chocolate. Never had a car. Pretty much no education. No television. Yet much more blessed. See, God is able to bless even the poorest, not just with his presence, but also with very, very important and significant things to do. She is going to play an integral role in saving the world. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary's part of fulfilling God's promise of bringing redemption to Israel. It's actually redemption to the entire world. And she is enthusiastic about being part of God's great plan of salvation. Would God say that about you? That in spite of the challenges and obstacles, that you are excited, that you are enthusiastic about the part God has for you to play in saving the world. But what is your part? Well, one of the things that we do every time we um, trust God and give part of the um, money that he has entrusted to us, give it back to him to worship him and trust him and love him, is part of it goes out to our missionaries. We support, I think it's 28 missionaries worldwide, amazingly effective people, just as an example. Three church planters in India that have just recently started three different churches, and hundreds of people have turned their life over to Jesus. That's very significant worldwide in um, part of God's plan for us. Very effective missionaries that we support as a church together. But in addition to the impact we make overseas, God has, helped, God has called you to help save part of the world, this part, here, the people around you nearby that are not yet followers of Jesus that God's put in your life, are you enthusiastic about being part of God's great plan to save people around you? Even though you're going to have to sacrifice, it's going to cost you some time, but also you may be ridiculed, you may be humiliated at times, at times. See, Mary was part of God's plan to save the world, and there was no plan B. And you are part of God's plan to save some of the people 
here in your life. Will you embrace that enthusiastically? Verse 56. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. So Mary stays with Elizabeth until John the Baptist is born. She returns to Nazareth, probably looking pregnant. Imagine that Joseph will not marry her. He hasn't seen her pregnant yet. But she is encouraged because she has seen God working a miracle in Elizabeth's life and also because Elizabeth encouraged her, believed her, consoled her, was right there with her in it, not doubting. What miracles have you seen? Now, some miracles are very dramatic and um, impressive. I remember one time when my back was injured and a fellow missionary prayed for me and I was healed immediately. Other miracles, like, you know, they're not quite as flashy, like getting a job or maybe getting pregnant or becoming a follower, someone that you're praying for becoming a follower of Jesus. Every ribbon on this wreath represents an answer to one of your prayers. Can you all see that in the back? Probably not. There we go. Every ribbon. And there's more back there, and there's more around the corner. Um, Janice and I, Janice was here to do this in the first service. I'm going to do it with one hand in the second service. But we had been um, just kind of post, for no good reason, waiting. But um, we are putting a ribbon on today because, um, you know, we prayed for our daughter, our oldest daughter, for years. She kind of abandoned Jesus at one point when she went to college. And we prayed and prayed for her to return to the Lord. And then we also, after that, we were praying and praying for you know, we didn't see, she's traveling all over the world. We didn't see any way she's going to find some wonderful Christian man to marry, and she did. And they got married this last summer, and we're just like, years of prayer. So we're putting a ribbon on just because we are so grateful to God. And because, see, then, when I look at this, I'm going to remember God did that. And when you look at that, this, you can remember, the, for, you know, maybe you've got a child you're praying for, or somebody else, that, and it's been years, and you're, don't give up, keep praying. We keep these wreaths to remind us, to remember that God is intervening in our lives and answered prayers of yours. He does not do everything we ask exactly like we want. But as a church, we have seen many, many of our requests. So when you get discouraged, remember. Now, you want to remember the many encouraging things that God has done in the Bible. Things like uh, Mary. Having virgin, being virgin, giving birth to Jesus. Jesus rising from the dead. Dorcas being raised from the dead by Peter. Paul being in the city of Corinth and being encouraged by God in a vision saying, I have a lot of people in the city when Corinth is kind of like the Las Vegas of the ancient world. Remember the many encouraging things that God has done in the Bible and recorded for you accurately. But also remember the things after the Bible. Down through church history. Right now, for example, all over the world, not here, but all over the world, more people are becoming followers of Jesus than at any time in human history. It's an exciting season to be here. But we have to remember those things and be aware of them. And then also, the third thing to remember are the many encouraging things that God has done for you personally. It's so easy to forget. It's good to keep a prayer journal of things that he's done. But have you, have you, seen, have you been healed when you've been prayed for? I have. Have you prayed for someone else and seen them healed. It's a very encouraging thing. Have you prayed and seen someone turn their life over to Jesus? Have you been very discouraged by something in your life, something painful and hard, and then you look back a year or two later and you go, oh, that's what God was doing. And you feel encouraged. That doesn't always happen, but it does happen sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes we probably just aren't smart enough to figure it out. God wants you to remember what he has done so you will trust him as you enthusiastically face your challenges. 
Now, when I asked you how you're doing, a bunch of you said, great. Maybe you're just saying that, but some of you had a great year, um, and you're kind of grateful and hoping 2018 will be the same. However, I know some of you, it was a very especially difficult or discouraging year. Some of you lost a loved one. Some of conflicts or estrangement in their family. Some lost their jobs. Some disappointed in how school is going. Some discouraged about their friends maybe moving away or just a conflict or someone they thought they could count on that they kind of feel betrayed. Some discouraged about loved ones who have abandoned Jesus. Some discouraged about just our society and the dialogue and the government. Some discouraged about all the fires and hurricanes. I, I grew up in this state, the worst I've ever seen of the fires. Worst anybody's ever seen. Some are discouraged because of terrorism and mass shootings. Life is fragile. There are so many ways that we are fragile. It is a challenge to always put this in perspective by remembering what God has told us about the big picture and also the little picture. In the big picture, even in the worst of circumstances, God is at work. He's at work everywhere. This present life is temporary. Heaven is forever. If you've put your trust in Christ and become his follower, then in terms of the big picture, this fragile life cannot keep you from living with God and a bunch of people who love and appreciate you forever. God turns the tables on evil. Christmas is all about God sending his only son into a dark and difficult and discouraging time and bringing redemption, fulfilling his promise to rescue anyone who is willing. The big picture, you have an amazing future. And even the difficult things now, God will redeem them. And then the little picture, just for you locally, if you've turned your life over to Jesus, God has made you his ambassador. You get to be involved in taking him and his kingdom to the people in your life. Everything you do is significant. There are no insignificant things that you do. God uses your choices to transform your heart. He uses your choices to be a good ambassador to other people. And he promises that all things will work for good. That's an amazing promise. So in the little picture, everything you do, every choice, it's all significant. The world looked at Mary, and what did they see? A dirt-poor teenager living, pregnant out of wedlock, living in an insignificant little town in a backwater nation, probably going to have trouble surviving, maybe turning to prostitution. But God knew she was to play an integral role in saving the world. The world may look at you and think you're not important. Don't believe them. It's a lie. Probably the most common discouragement is that we, we look at ourselves. And we believe the lie of the devil that we are not significant, that we're not making a difference, that we're not important to God. And we just see our own failings and we get discouraged. That certainly happens to me. I think it happens to most of us. It's a lie. Not only has Jesus done everything for you, so you're, you're forgiven and you are adopted into the family, but then he's also filled you with his spirit and just out of love for him, you get to partner with him to do things and everything you do is significant. The little things that make up life are significant. As you increasingly choose to follow him and choose to make your relationship with a priority by setting aside time to pray and talking to him throughout the day and and serving others. You're not going to live like everybody else. And you don't want to. Everybody experiences some pain. The question is, will yours 
be for something greater or will it just be chasing the things everybody else is chasing? Every day you touch lives. Every day you choose what you're going to make that day of your relationship with God. You are important to God and you are important to the people around you even if they don't realize it. You're more important than you know. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. Now I want to give you something easy to do this Christmas season so that you can be more like Elizabeth and encourage the people around you. And here's my suggestion. Now most of us, we tend by nature to be critical in our hearts. And sometimes it comes out of our hearts and expresses it in our words. If you'd like to bless others and train your heart to be less critical, which will increase your own joy and encouragement, then become an encourager like Elizabeth was when Mary needed her right at that time. I just say do three things. First of all, wake up each day and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see somebody doing something good, something that you can praise. And then take a moment to just take them aside in private. Don't make a big deal about it. Don't say a lot. Just, and, and just tell them what you appreciated about them. And try and connect it to some good character quality. Like you might say, hey, I, I noticed how you listened to Sally all that time. You are so loving and patient. Just something as brief as that. And focus in on what you can find of good things that people are doing. This can be especially helpful in your marriage. Janice and I are very, very different. When we got married, people were pretty sure she'd die within a year. Um, so earlier in our marriage, it was very easy for either of us to find fault with the other and make critical, discouraging comments. Now, yesterday in the car, Janice said, we're very different. We're, we're complementary. That's why we compliment each other. It was funnier in the car. Um, <laughs> But we do. We used to be very critical of each other, but now we appreciate the different qualities that we each bring to the marriage, and we compliment each other a lot. We don't make a lot of critical comments to each other, and it's so much more encouraging than the way we were to focus on the things we appreciate. Uh, here's another picture of Nabu in the surf, different picture with his tongue out, enjoying things. Um, try being an encourager like Elizabeth this, this vacation. Develop the habit and remember one of my favorite bumper stickers. Bark less, wag more. Be encouraged. Remember, everything you do is significant. You know, Mary was, nobody would have thought Mary was significant. She's helping God save the world. And God wants you to do that too, right where you are. Remember what you've seen God do. Remember his promises. Whenever you feel discouraged, remember his promise. We know that in everything, God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And be encouraged this Christmas season. Before Alan comes to pray for us this morning and just kind of help us as we prepare for the, uh, when we demonstrate to God our trust and our love for him as we give part of what he's entrusted to us back to him in terms of money, I want you to hear a very encouraging story from one of our high school students um, about our ministry here together, because we're all in this together. And every year at this time, uh, we ask you to think and pray about giving something extra in terms of a donation. Uh, we're currently a bit behind, and that's kind of a nationwide trend right now. And for us to you know, keep making the impact we're making in the community, and even more, we'd like to do better at outreach, and we've got plans for that, and make our small groups 
as transformative as they can be. To do this, I have the privilege of working with a great staff. To do this, we really need everyone to develop the habit of generously giving. A lot of people, there's, there's no involvement whatsoever, so you might start in a small way. Um, this week, you should receive a brief letter from me and an encouraging, just a trifle of all the, a bunch of pictures of all the encouraging things going on around here. So I hope you'll think and pray about giving generously. And now, some parting words from Pastor Rick. Being encouraged by Elizabeth didn't make what Mary was going to go through go away and no longer be difficult or painless. Receiving an angel's message in a dream didn't mean that Joseph wouldn't have to face a very complicated situation that would cause a lot of pain and misunderstanding. But God wants you to be encouraged, to remember what he's already done in your life, remember what he's done throughout history and in the Bible, and receive the Holy Spirit to give you the strength that you need. Remember his promises. He's promised that if you'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else you need will be given to you. He's promised that if he started a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. He's promised that you are not condemned if you've put your trust in Christ. And he's promised that everything will work together for good in the lives of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So trust and believe and be encouraged today, no matter what you're facing. It doesn't make the pain go away or make it easy, but God is with you. Receive now the Holy Spirit that you may have all the power that you need, that you may sense God's presence and love today to encourage you no matter what difficult things are in your life. Be encouraged. God is with you. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelprez.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.